Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April 28th. And our passage for today is Second Chronicles chapter 35. This is the story, the continuing story of Yoshiyahu, of Josiah. Now Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priest in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he said to the Levites who taught all of Israel who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves according to your fathers, houses according to your divisions, following the written instruction of David, king of Israel, and the written instruction of Solomon, his son. And stand in the holy place according to the divisions of the fathers, houses of your brethren, the lay people, and according to the divisions of the fathers' houses of the Levites. So slaughter the Passover offerings, consecrate yourselves, and prepare them for your brethren, that they may do according to the word of the Lord and to the hand of Moses. Then Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock for all the Passover offerings for all who were present, to the number of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's possessions, his personal possessions. Now, the reason I wanted you to read this chapter is because it tells of something great. It tells of a king who made up his mind at a tender age that he was going to follow God no matter what. Now, you've got to understand the conditions and the times in which we're living. Judah is at the end of its rope. God has already pronounced judgment. He is giving a relief period during the days of Josiah, but it's only a brief period period. After this, it goes directly downhill. But Josiah brought a period of revival into the land, which should tell us something, that even when judgment is already pronounced, God in his great mercy and kindness many times will give a respite. He will give revival. And the reason this is so encouraging to me is I believe that unless revival comes and God spares America, the judgment of God is already upon America and we are seeing and beginning to see the complete cracks and fault lines that are dividing America more than ever before since the Civil War, maybe during that time. There is such a divide in our country, and unlike the days of the Civil War in America, we have no biblical base to turn to, and even the Church of Jesus in many ways, and men of God who once heralded the truth and brought America back to God are now walking in the way of the world. They're walking in the way of the kings of Israel. And so the reason I wanted you to read this is so that you could see there is hope. All you have to do is read 34 and 35 and see that in the hour's 
literally the years right before the demise and right before the disaster that was the Babylonian captivity that God promised he would put them into. God still heard the prayer. Now, what you saw was in this chapter early on that the house of God had completely been shut down and shut up. It had been shuttered by his predecessors. And so Josiah even brought the ark back in because evidently it had been taken out and taken away from the house of God and probably taken into the king's house or some designated place. And it had been carried from here to there simply because the the house of God and everything in it had just about been taken. And so Josiah, when he came to power under Jehoiada, the man who really guided his life, there was great prosperity and blessing in every way. And so he wanted to keep the Passover. Now, it's interesting that it is during the days of one of his predecessors that you have Zechariah, the last of the great prophets, as far as the, to the kings of Judah that came, and that was Zechariah, and they killed him. Joash had him stoned, and this is what Jesus talks about in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, when he says, the blood from Abel all the way to Zechariah. Well, that's all the way back in Second Chronicles, because remember, Genesis is the first book which records the first murder with Abel, and Second Chronicles is the last book in the Tanakh, the Law of the Prophets and the Writings. Not in our Old Testament, it's Malachi. Not in the Greek Septuagint lineup of the Bible, but in the Hebrew. Bible that Jesus used and the categories and the divisions, this was the last book of the writings, which was the last book of the Tanakh, of the Hebrew Bible. And so what Jesus was saying from the beginning book in Genesis all the way to the book of Second Chronicles, the blood of all these righteous prophets and preachers that I sent is going to be laid on you because you are stubborn and will not follow God. And so Josiah it was like a meteor in the night before Judah burned out with the exile. And so the scripture says that Josiah really wanted to follow God wholeheartedly. And so he showed his generosity by giving thousands of lambs and cattle. And he gave it to all the people because he wanted them to know that this was a time of rejoicing and that God didn't put him as king just so he could get wealth for himself. He got it so he could share with his people. And this is true of any great leadership, any great nation. It's a nation of generosity, not a nation of hoarding. And so the scripture says that his leaders gave willingly to the people and to the priest of the Levites, to Hilkiah, to Zechariah and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave to the priest for the Passover offerings 2,600 from the flock and 300 cattle. And it goes on to talk about how that the generosity of the king begot generosity in his leaders and those who were in the priesthood. All of this was happening. And the scripture says down in verse 15, the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their places according 
according to the command of David, Asaph, Heman, and uh, Jaduthan, the king's seer. Also, the gatekeepers were at each gate, and they did not have to leave their position because the brethren of the Levites prepared portions for them. In other words, this was a great time of organization, of the Spirit of God moving in people's lives. This was a great, great time. And then it happened. You see, during the days of Josiah, he allied himself with the Babylonians. Why? Not that he got in league with them, but he wanted the Babylonians to take out the Assyrians who had been the thorn in the side of the people of God from the inception of Assyria rising to power. They actually took out the northern kingdom. They're the ones that conquered Samaria and all the northern kingdom. And then as we looked at during the days of Hezekiah, godly King Hezekiah, they came down, surrounded the city, and had it not been for Hezekiah calling on the name of God for a supernatural intervention, then they would have taken Judah. But indeed, Hezekiah did that under the instruction of Isaiah. God killed 185,000 with one angel in one night, and Assyria left not to come again. And so Josiah wanted to help the Babylonians if they were going to rout the Assyrians. And so the scripture gives this account. After this, after this great Passover was kept and it was the end of Josiah's great period of revival, after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, that is, he got everybody worshiping, the temple cleaned out, refurbished, renovated, that Necho, king of Egypt, Pharaoh Necho, that you can read about in the history books as well as the Word of God, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. Now, it's interesting, but it was the king of Babylon that would ultimately come in and take captive all of Judah, but Josiah allied with that king rather than the king of Assyria. When he heard that Pharaoh Necho was going up to help the Assyrians, he went out and went to Megiddo. There is a pass there. You see, Pharaoh Necho would have come up the Via Maris, up the way of the sea. He would have gotten to the base of the Carmel Mountains. And when you come there, these finger mountains, it goes all the way uh, out to the sea. And so you have to cut through one of the passes. There's the pass at Yagneum. The old ruins are still there today, people who go to Israel, and they're standing up on the horns of Carmel where at Mugraka, where Elijah would have fought the prophets of Baal. They looked down on an ancient tale of Yachneum. That's where one of the passes came out. But the major pass went by Megiddo, the city of Megiddo, into the Jezreel Pass and into the Jezreel Valley. But the main artery came through the Arun Pass, which came out at Megiddo, and you were facing immediately then the crossing of the valley over to Mount Tabor. You would go right of that mountain. It would take you to Galilee, the road to Damascus, and then over into Mesopotamia. So this is the way that the kings went. And so at the Arun Pass, right near Megiddo, you could hold off an army with just a few men because it was such a narrow pass. Ancient records tell of how they had to carry chariots through this pass because it was so narrow, because it would have rock slides and so forth. And so this is where 
Josiah went to cut off this Egyptian army that was going to help the Assyrians. And it's interesting that this heathen king had been told by the true and the living God to do this, and he had given him an assignment to go, and he even told this, he told this to Josiah. And I'm just going to read the passage. After this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, Pharaoh of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish. Now, that's in northern Syria. And this battle took place, by the way, in 609 B.C. by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent messengers, that is, Necho did, the Pharaoh, what have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house of which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, refrain from meddling with God who is with me, uh, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so that he might fight with him. Listen to this. And did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. Now, this was godly King Josiah that wasn't listening to God. He wanted to go do something to help out a heathen kingdom instead of listening to God. And God had already told Pharaoh Necho, you mean God can talk? Are you telling me, Pastor, that God... God can talk to a heathen? Well, he does all the way through the Bible. The scriptures are replete about God using lost people, speaking to them, and then validating that it was he that spoke. Same thing here. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. That's that Arun pass there. And the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. And his servants therefore took him out to that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his father's all of Judah mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also lamented for Josiah. That's right, Jeremiah the prophet. He loved this young king who was such a godly man. But even Josiah, the godly man, made a bad mistake. You see, it doesn't matter who you are and how long you've walked with God. Listen to me. There is no seniority with God. You can be right with God one day and be wrong with God the next. It doesn't even take 24 hours. You see, we have to be vigilant. We have to be diligent. We have to be continually on guard because our enemy, the devil, is roaring about, walking about, and he is roaring like a devouring lion. And if we think that we are above temptation and we are above falling, let he that stands take heed lest he fall. There are none of us that are immune from the temptations of the evil one. And the more we've walked with God, the more subtle are the temptations. So we have to talk with God and walk with God constantly every day, every hour, or we are vulnerable to the enemy. If Josiah's life is anything, it is a testimony of the faithfulness of God. God was good to Josiah. Josiah walked in the ways of his father David, and he was blessed. But in the end of his life, he let up, and he would not listen, and he allied with someone that he shouldn't, and it cost him his life. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. 
Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.